Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving selection and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Orsman story. Orsman Ford Lincoln. Let's ride together. Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving selection and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Orsman story. Orsman Fairfax Toyota. Let's ride together. Hey guys, what's up? This is Josh Norman. This is Joe Gibbs. And you listen to Redskins Talk with J.P. Finley. What up, everybody? Redskins Talk Podcast. We are brought to you by the good folks, Orsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them, and you guys should do the exact same thing. Make sure you are checking out Orsman Ford Lincoln of Alexandria. Another packed podcast for you. So many packed pods recently. So many packed pods. Um, we talked to Catherine Fitzgerald, who covers the Arizona Cardinals for the Arizona Republic. She had some really good insight on Josh Rosen. We also talked to Maryland running back Ty Johnson, who is an interesting guy. He's got a lot of speed, big play potential, could certainly be a kick returner in the pros. He's looking to get drafted. We talked to him about his pre-draft process and, and kind of what it's like going into a draft when you when you he dealt with some injuries, didn't have the luxury of getting invited to the combine, but then he popped at at Maryland's pro day when you got plenty of scouts there. And there's just there's so many different avenues to the NFL draft is is one of the things I, I find really exciting about it. Want to make sure you are getting cars from Orsman Automotive of Virginia. And here comes Catherine Fitzgerald. All right, big, big, big thank you to Catherine Fitzgerald from the Arizona Republic. She is the Cardinals beat reporter out there for the biggest newspaper, I assume, in the state. Catherine, do I have that right? Uh, yes, you do. All right, and a Carolina Tar Heel, if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. All right, um, it was nice speaking with you at the owners' meetings. That's got to kind of stink for you that, that you're playing a home game at the owners' meetings, whereas the rest of us are staying in hotels and expensing our dinners and stuff. It was an easy drive over, um, but that's true. You know, so pros and cons. Yeah, whereas I had like a six-hour delayed flight on Southwest, sitting next to like uncomfortable people. You didn't have to deal with any of that. No, not quite. <laughs> when you so for me, the owners' meetings are kind of my favorite trip because you get really unfettered access um, to to you know decision makers and stuff. Not to mention they. You know, the NFL does it right. They plan it for their owners' kids to go on spring break. So it's always in Arizona or California or Florida. When you live in Arizona, like, there's no appeal of going somewhere else for good weather, right? Like, you're just kind of used to it. Or do you go to, like, Maine in August or something? Yeah, um, I think a lot of us definitely plan to go to cold places during the summer for our big getaway um, for this. Like, so are you going to Toronto or something? Like, what, what do you do? 
Uh, for me, I haven't planned that far because I am a last minute decision maker. So is Pete. But... Yeah, you're on the right podcast then. <laughs> yeah. So that works. I'm among my people. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's get down to business. Josh Rosen, everybody in DC is going crazy. I know that the Redskins have interest. I know that they like him as a quarterback. And, and as I look at this, it's the best opportunity for Washington to get a talented player at a position of need for what should be value to them. I, I don't I don't think the Cardinals are getting this first-round pick they want. And I think if the Skins can get him, my guess is a, a package of picks, like a second this year and a third next year, maybe a late-rounder thrown in. It, it, it kind of makes sense for all parties. I, I want to know where you are on that happening and, and what you think compensation needs to be. Yeah, I mean, I think... It's been interesting watching this develop. I know when there was the first talk about Kyler entering the draft, it didn't seem immediately like the Cardinals were going to go all in on him. And I think, you know, there's still this past week, they were looking at Bosa and Williams. So I think there's still a lot going on there. Um, But a big thing, like you mentioned, is going to be what compensation they can get for Rosen. Um, obviously the Cardinals did not do well last season and Rosen's stats are kind of, you know, once you look at them in greater context, I think there's a lot more to see there as far as how much the team itself was struggling. Obviously that is an impact on him. So I think like you mentioned, if they can get either trade in a few things and that's going to help Arizona a lot. And it doesn't sound like they're getting a first round pick from anyone. So you know, at least that's a competitive sure. well, look me, as far as across the lead, league. Let me, let me ask you this then. Do you think they're going to get Kyler? Like, like do you think that's what's going to happen? Because the Rosen conversation is rather superfluous unless we think Kyler is happening. If you had asked me about a month ago, I would have said no. Um, these days, yeah, I think it's trending that way for sure. Um, I know the interesting side conversation now is getting Kyler and keeping Rosen. I don't see that happening. Um, that I that think is team... not happening. That, yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. – uh, as somebody who watched Robert Griffin III and Kirk Cousins get drafted in the same class, it, it's, a, it's a bad idea. Um, yeah, it's a fun idea. It's like a let's get weird idea. It's fun but for on a you. Team that... It's clicks. But I don't know that it's good for the 53 dudes in that locker room. Well, exactly. And I think also when a team needs so many, has so many needs at other positions, stockpiling quarterbacks does not seem to be the move. Um, so I would go ahead and rule that one out. You know what's crazy is I actually think if you operated in a, in a perfect environment where ego wasn't an issue and where particularly a quarterback, factions start dividing in locker rooms, and I think mm-hmm. that's a big problem. But I think if you operated in a world where none of that occurred, stacking quarterbacks like that would make a lot of sense. I mean, that's what Jimmy Johnson did when he built the Cowboys. I think he took Steve Walsh and then he took Troy Aikman, and you let them battle it out and find the best guy. But I just think, especially with a number one overall, and, and to me, Kyler is an incredible Kyler's an incredible talent, dynamic football player, but you have to build a different-looking offense around him. And I think Kingsbury will do that for Kyler. And I think the Cardinals organizationally are in on that process. I think that kind of leaves Rosen out. Yeah, and I think on top of that, like you said, it could be fun to do that. Or, you know, just like it's 
with the Cowboys example, it's not completely unheard of. But I think what stands out to me, too, for Josh Rosen, and if he ends up in Washington, I think this will be a factor, is he has had coaches around him change so often that I think what this guy really just needs is some stability wherever he is in the league. Um, at UCLA, he had a different offensive coordinator every season. Cardinals changed offensive coordinators happened through the season last year. So more than anything, you know, that's something we've talked about with Kingsbury, how on the bright side, you can at least say he's a quick learner and has learned so many different things, but he's never really been in an offense long enough to flourish with it. So I think that's been something that has made it hard to get really a solid assessment of what he can do in an offense if he's never there for like in the same system for more than a year. Could you give us a little insight into Josh Rose and the person? Because some people say he's kind of like Aaron Rodgers in a good way. And other people say he's kind of like Aaron Rodgers in a bad way and very aloof and outspoken. (laughs) What was he like kind of as a rookie and what's his personality like overall? Yeah, I'll be honest. I, when he came in from college, you know, there was the whole vibe of how he was so outspoken and just really kind of off the cuff. Um, And at the beginning of the season, we didn't totally see that, which I was surprised by, but I think it made sense. You know, he was adjusting to so much in the NFL and I think he took it really seriously. Um, I remember early on, I was asking about some of those things outside of football. He's been outspoken about the NCAA. Um, He cares a lot about the environment and early on in the season for a lot of those questions, he was kind of like, Oh, I haven't been, thinking about that too much. I'm like spending so much time looking at the playbook. Um, and I truly, I think he meant it. So I do, he has those interests outside of football and that makes him interesting. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. And, you know, he did get involved in Arizona last season in the community and stuff. So I think it's genuine for things he cares about outside of football. And I don't think it took away from, him concentrating on the team, him trying to better himself as quarterback. Um, He's very funny from time to time. One that stands out to me was when he told us about he grew up as an Eagles fan. So he had a sweatshirt saying, our coach can eat your coach for Andy (laughs) Reid. You know, so like one great shirt. Also, thank you for telling us this story. Didn't know that. How did he end up an Eagles fan? Didn't he grow up in L.A.? Didn't he, he grew up in L.A., kid? but his uh, his mom is from Philadelphia. And oh. I think she had a big presence on him as far as football growing up. He was telling us how she would set up, like, I mean, this was back in the day, so like a camcorder on a tripod to record their TV showing games oh. when he was out playing football wow. uh, so they could watch it when they got back. Um, I'm just, I'm going through his Twitter now and besides some, you know, shot, I I say shots, maybe that's not the right word, but like pointing out the hypocrisy of the NCAA, which frankly, I think everyone agrees with. I'd love to find somebody that doesn't really agree with (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't see much. I I certainly don't see like the story last year. And I'll confess that the, you know, I was fully prepared for an off season of looking, of digging into rookie quarterbacks. Then the skins traded for Alex Smith. And so, like, for me, in my universe, like, I, I didn't put that time and effort in. But I, I remember the story be, about Rosen being, like, he's very political, um, you know, he, he controversial, divisive in the locker room, all that sort of stuff. 
I'm doing a pretty cursory look at this Twitter, and it's like he he wants clean oceans and environmental sustainability. <laughs> that doesn't seem too bad to me, but DC's crazy. This is a crazy little town we live in, and yeah. it's inside the Beltway, everything is red and blue. And how much of that is he a political dude? Like, do you, do you think that stuff would become an issue if he landed here? Um, I think he's kind of reeled his views in. You can kind of compare it to Arizona, which is a little more red as opposed to red and blue. And it was never an issue here inside the locker room, too. What I found interesting was, like, he did genuinely get along with guys from all over the place. Uh, I was working on a longer story about him halfway through the season and um, ended up talking to Antoine Bethay, who you know, had been in the league for like 10 plus years. I think he's a Howard guy Uh, too. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he had done, Antoine had done work in Arizona meeting with the governor to talk about criminal justice reform. And that was something that Rosen was interested in getting into too. So there are things that he was looking to get involved with. Um, but it was never something divisive within the locker room. And again, as you mentioned, his big thing is, environmental activism. I think all of us would like clean oceans. Yeah, I, I'm um, pro clean oceans. Yeah, I'd like to be on that platform as well. Yeah, you know, that's something we can... What if it means no you know. casinos, Pete? Uh, then I would have to think about it, probably. <laughs> me and Josh would have to kind of get together, put our heads together. Um, yeah. so let me let me ask this. One of the other things is that he's rich, and people hated him for that. Is he, like, is he rich? What the hell was that storyline? <laughs> Uh, that's one that strikes me as odd as a storyline because I think sometimes what people get into there is like, oh, he's rich, so he doesn't need football, so he doesn't love it. Whereas I would say if you don't need football and you're still playing it, that definitely means you love it. Um, you know, it's a tough sport. I don't think people also a dedicate lot of their fo- lives. Yeah. yeah, Josh Rosen didn't go up behind that offensive line last year just for fun. I think he did it because he loves football and wants to be a good yeah. And a lot of football players are now rich, and yeah. they keep playing football. Right. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I love football and I'm not one rich. that kind of confuses me. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, that seemed kind of a nothing thing to me. Um, yeah. So as far as interacting with dudes in the locker room, the Cardinals were terrible. The offensive line was terrible. It seemed like a really bad situation from start to finish. Um, you, you can make your own determinations around the Redskins, but the Redskins went out there and worked them week one. So yeah. Rosen was not the problem. Let's talk about on the field, though, because he wasn't very good. Do you think he he is good, can be good? I think he can be good. Um, this past season, there was just, so many things going wrong with this team. The offensive line was a huge problem throughout. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but I think in 16 games, they had like 11 different starting combinations or something close to that, um, where it was just rotating guys in so quickly. Um, so obviously that doesn't help your quarterback. And then even at receiver, uh, fellow rookie Christian Kirk was the leading receiver until he broke his foot week 13. So even, you know, when you look at the guys around Rosen, he was rotating in new people each week. And the bigger thing to me, though, as I mentioned before, is that constant coaching change around him. You know, the Cardinals they fired started OC, with Mike right? McCoy. Yeah. So I know it seems like that was a big issue for the first half of the season was just such an extensive playbook from McCoy that this offense 
didn't really have an identity, didn't know what they could get going. They then promoted Byron Leftwich from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator. And I know he had a great relationship with Rosen. Um, yeah, and Leftwich was so funny. And every week talking about Rosen, he's calling him this kid, that kid. You know, he was 21 at the point, so, like, kid is fair. But they had a fun relationship together. And then, you know, he was, like, at the end of the season, too. But I think having that constant change at OC – especially when you're that young is definitely, it makes it a little harder to figure out if your system's changing every few months, what you can actually do in it. Right. There also just on the left, which thing there is the weird NFL vernacular of this kid. Like when, whenever I'm at the combine, I find myself saying it all the time. Like, Oh, the kid from Kansas state, the, this kid can play, man. Yeah, You know, that kid from Nevada, he's going to be an NFL player for 10 years, whatever it is. And like, I would never say that. In any other situation, like I don't even call you a kid. And yeah, you're you call me lots of things, and kids right. not one of them. Right, 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 right. Um, what is? Yeah, uh, the first time he mentioned it, I thought he was talking about his actual son. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, this is a fun like tangent. And then I was like, oh no, he is he was talking about the team's quarterback. Cool. Okay. Um, boil it down. I know he was in a crazy situation, so it might be hard to evaluate, but what is Rosen's biggest plus as a quarterback and where's his biggest weakness? Um, Let's see. I'll start with weakness. I think a lot of this is probably being a rookie, rookie mistakes, but at the end of the game, he had of his interceptions. A lot of them were towards garbage time when they were just trying to like throw things up, see what could happen, make big plays and kind of force them. And, you know, obviously some of that is play calling, but I think at the very end of games, sometimes you would see a little more rush decision-making. That's where some of those interceptions were in particular that stood out to me over the season. So, you know, that's something that can change, but I think just kind of not getting as flustered towards the end of the game, um, which also, you know, has to do with being on a team that was trailing often by a lot in the fourth quarter and, you know, turning to throwing it more and more. So that stood out to me a bit. Um, But he, as far as strength, I mean, he had some passes that were absolute dimes. Um, So even though, you know, he ended the season with more interceptions and touchdowns, there were some that you step back and you're just like, okay, like Cardinals are still losing. This isn't going well, but that was a really pretty pass. Um, So I think that accuracy is something, you know, that he's going to continue to work on as far as decision-making. But a lot of that, it kind of goes hand-in-hand with the two of those. Yeah, I'm reading his profile from NFL.com last year, and Lance Zerline says his footwork and mechanics make him as pretty a quarterback as you will find in this year's draft. So I know his just natural ability in the pocket is something he has just already at this point. Yeah, and I think he's a little more mobile than we realized he would be. Um, it wasn't something the Cardinals always liked when he was. He was running for his life. Up, yeah, I think I know my fellow beat reporter, um, Bob McManaman, compared it one time to a baby giraffe learning to run. Um, so, <laughs> you know, not not the ideal comparison. But there were times that he could extend plays when definitely the team needed that. All right, I know you got to run, so we'll do this. Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being done deal, 1 being no chance. Uh, What are the chances Josh Rosen gets traded? Um, I'll go 7.5. All right, 
And then, assuming Josh Rosen is traded, what are the chances the Skins get him? Like, are you hearing that on your end, that the Skins are the leader? Because that's what we're hearing. Um, It feels like things are floated out so quickly, but I do think there's a little more, like, actual meat to this idea of a trade. So I think I would go seven. Oh, wow. All right. That's strong. Um, Catherine, tell everybody where to find you on Twitter, whatever you want to – where can people find your work? Twitter is good. I'm online a lot. Um, It's at kfitz134, and that's all just a lot of stuff from the Arizona Republic, but then just Yeah, a lot of Suns tweets on here. Yeah. A lot of Devin Booker ankle sprain coverage. It's good stuff. uh, Yeah, I've been diving into the Suns, too, which – they're similar to the Cardinals in some ways. So, How's Kelly know. Oubre? Have you talked to him at all? He, uh, Yeah, he's been really fun to see. Unfortunately, his season ended about three weeks ago. Um, but he, I think, brought a great fashion sense to the sun. Oh, so that was The amount of fashion. <laughs> Go ahead, Pete. Our Instagram was all Kelly Oubre shoes and pants and wavy jackets <laughs> and Supreme sleeves. My, so I don't I know how we're surviving without DC. him. <laughs> who were very sad to see him go. Um, but he I'll was fun on the sun while he was playing. <laughs> I liked Ubre the player. I'm just, the rest of that stuff is, is just. JP loves all the style talk in the NBA. <laughs> oh just thing. Just, Shoe talk. I'm a 37-year-old white dad. Like, <laughs> it ain't for me. <laughs> like, yeah. well, super tight leather pants <laughs> that show off your belly button. It's not what I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be happy to Thank hear God. Rosen didn't really lean into any of that fashion. All right. All right. Uh, pretty much a polo and khakis guy. So, I'm, I'm you know, you can add that to your like pro-con a, list. Yeah, I'm wearing a golf quarter zip and jeans. That, that's perfect for me. Hey, that works. Um, hey, thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. Um Maybe when we get through the draft and, and whatever else happens, we'll uh, we'll follow back up with you. That sounds great. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank very you. much. Take care. On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Chantilly Toyota. Let's ride together. Ty Johnson will return it. Starts from the goal line. Johnson with a lane. Johnson quickly down the sideline. Watch out, Johnson. Breakaway speed. Can he get there? Johnson needs one block. Gets it. Touchdown, Maryland. Big time honor to bring on Ty Johnson, running back for the Maryland Terrapins. Ty, I'm sitting here in the podcast studio, and Pete is wearing a Maryland football T-shirt. We are both Terp alums, and I have seen you make many house calls in your days in College Park, you like to break off those long ones, don't you? <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, 
I'd rather get it over in one play than you have a whole drive, you know? There you go. Yeah, that messes with your yards per carry when you go like four for 70. It's easier to just do one for 70. Yeah, it's the way to go, man. Just one for 70, you know, get a nice little break, maybe do it again, you know, whatever, you know, it's called for. So to kind of get into it here, I would just like to say, yeah, I mean, you were a guy who made a ton of plays at Maryland, and your senior year didn't go exactly the way you wanted. You had some injuries. Yeah, and did you, you get hurt? How are you feeling now? Let's talk about that. Oh, I'm feeling great now. What what happened? Um, During the season? Yeah. Um, I had a little uh, calf strain and everything, and uh, I kept, kept trying to come back uh, sooner than I was ready because I'm a competitor, so I kept pushing it, yep. trying to get back on the field, and it just uh, wasn't working out for me. Well, and if you're running 70 yards at a time, you can't be uh, straining your calf, I imagine. Yeah, for sure. All right. So did that kind of tough senior year, do you think that kind of played into you not getting to invited to the combine? And then just talk about what it was like to put together such a good career at Maryland and then not get invited to that showcase in Indy? Um, I think it had part of me not being invited. I also think um, the juniors kind of messed it up for a lot of people because this year was the most juniors ever to come out, um, I believe. Um, but, you know, it was, I think me also missing those games uh, definitely hurt me a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. And, um, you know, I mean, I've definitely had uh, great opportunities at Maryland. And uh, I did what I could with those opportunities. So it was one of those things where um, if they couldn't appreciate it, then, uh, you know, I don't know. But uh, it's all good now. What was the feedback like from your pro day? Because I, I know you lit it up, it showed your speed and, and, and all that. Oh, it was good. Um, you know, it was just guys asking me if I'm going to work out again or, you know, they're saying you really don't need to do anything else. <laughs> you uh, ran so fast, you don't really need to do anything else. Uh, but it was pretty good. Um, I met with a, a few teams and everything the day before and uh, the right after uh, pro day, of course. So it was pretty good feedback. We have to ask this of all of our guests that we've been talking to leading up to the draft. Have you been in contact with the Redskins at all? Uh, no, I haven't, but um, I'll be there at their local day, um, the 12th. Very cool. Yeah, having a chance to maybe play with the Redskins and learn under Adrian Peterson wouldn't be the uh, worst way to start off your NFL career, I don't think. Yeah, trust me, he's a, he's a legend, you know. It's, that'd be awesome and everything, but, you know, that's not my hand. Um, so we'll see the outcome in a few weeks. What is uh what's your game in the pros? People talking to you about returning kicks? Oh yeah. A lot of teams um always ask me about special teams. Um I love special teams, um, you know, just because it, it definitely helps with field position and uh, getting turnovers and whatnot. Um a lot of teams asked me if I was comfortable catching punts because I didn't really catch many punts at Maryland. But um I've done it. Um, you know, so I, I told them I was comfortable catching kicks or punts, either one or both. Um so, you know, it's something I'm definitely comfortable with doing. And also, no one no one brings up that I played. Uh, yeah, your coverage you know, unit stuff. Starting, what was that? Yeah, your work on the coverage units, right? Yeah, I was uh, on the coverage units. And they never want to bring that up, but I bring it back up to them. They're like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. You know, so it's one of those things. Um, contribute anywhere I can, even though I was a starting running back, you know. I still want to be on the field and make a difference um, in any phase of the game. Do you... So, projections for you are, are as a Saturday pick. 
Um, I've talked to some guys that if you can be a priority free agent, you know, maybe that's a better route than being drafted because you can kind of pick where you want to go and negotiate a little bit of a signing bonus and stuff. Is your goal to be drafted? Yeah, my goal is to be drafted. Um, And I think, you know, it's looking pretty good. Uh, My agent's very confident about that. Um, But if so happened, you know, I wasn't to be drafted, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, and then, like you said, um, free agency, you can decide, you know, where you fit in at. Um, you can see the depth charts and everything. You can uh, negotiate a signing bonus, like you said. So either one, you know, um, it doesn't it doesn't really matter how you come in uh, the league. Everyone gets the same opportunity once you get in. So it's just how you, uh, you know, take that opportunity and use it. Are Are you the type of dude, is there – is there any doubt in your mind once you get to an NFL training camp, once we get to August, that, that you are the competitor that makes that team? Oh, for sure. Uh, I'm just I, – I know it's going to be a whole another level of competition, but I'm just ready to take it and take it all in and just compete, man. And it can be regardless if I'm, you know, not even running the ball. I could be on special teams, as I mentioned before. I could be – you know, the right gunner trying to be a double-team vice. Um, and uh, if that's my job, I'm going to be the best person to do that job. So it's just one of those things, whatever my uh, my job is, I'm going to execute it, and I'm going to make sure I'm the best one to do it. One of our last ones here, have you been kind of leaning on or in contact with other Maryland guys going to the draft like Darnell Savage and Derwin Gray? Are you guys texting or talking? Or are you kind of all on your own path here as you prepare for the next step? Well, we talk a little bit here and there. Um, you know, everyone has their own schedules going on right now. So, um, you know, it's more of a, you know, come and, come and go type of conversation. It's usually like when we're in person, to be honest. Um, that's when we talk the most. Um, I definitely talk to Trey Watson the most also. Um, Jesse Annabone, I'm Tavon Jacobs. Um, those are the guys I talk to the most out of everyone, really, and Damian Prince. Yep. Um, just because – you know, we're all really close. So I'm going to talk to Darwin a good bit also. Darnell still so, still talk to him. Ty, that was really just Pete's way of getting Derwin Gray into the conversation <laughs> so he could say that they were roommates at Maryland. Me, once. Derwin, and Denzel Conyers lived together for a semester. It was a good time. Oh, yeah, I bet it was. Denzel's <laughs> a good dude. He came over to my house for family dinner a couple Sundays, and Derwin was a very interesting uh, – has a lot of personality. It was fun to live with those two. And you were just the pipsqueak yeah, with two football players. I, I felt bad for them. I transferred in, and they were like, all right, you're going to live with two football players. And then I was like, well, that's cool for me, but kind of sucks for them. But Denzel was very nice. Derwin wasn't around as much, but they were, they were good to me. I appreciate those dudes. <laughs> yeah, Denzel's a really good guy. Uh, I, re- I reached out to him, actually, uh, not too long ago. I was just talking to him, seeing how he was doing and whatnot. Yeah, you guys get like name plates for your rooms, or at least they did back then. So I wrote on like a scratch sheet of paper, Peter Haley, and then like my position, I just wrote like junior student, and I put it above my room. So I just wanted to fit in with those guys. They thought it was <laughs> kind of funny but kind of lame at the same time. That's you, Pete. Yeah. Kind of funny and kind of lame. Yeah, it worked out. Um, Ty, you're from Cumberland, which is Western Maryland. So are you a steel growing up Steelers fan, Ravens fan, Redskins fan? Well, I don't know what happens in Cumberland. For well, my immediate family, like my mom and everyone, um, I grew up liking the Redskins, uh, Clinton Portis, all them guys, you okay. know. Sure. Nice. Um, so I grew up liking them. Um, and then as I got older, I could start liking certain players from each team. Um, so I really don't have a favorite team now. Sure. But you're um, going to in about up, a month. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but growing up, it was the Redskins growing up. Um, and then some of my other family is like Dallas, which is kind of crazy. Redskins, Dallas. They're everywhere. Um, yeah, my brother, he was a Ravens guy. And then uh, the rest of like Cumberland really is like Pittsburgh fans. So, sure. you know. All right. This is our last one. And every Maryland guest gets asked, <laughs> are you a Bentley's guy or a Cornerstone guy? Or a turf guy. JP's so old, he doesn't realize turf is an option. Too. I don't know what turf is. Yeah. Is that the old terrible I've station? Actually, yeah. I've actually only went to um, Bentley, uh, Bentley's and turf once, so I really can't even, like... What is going on? Yeah. So we had Darnell Savage <laughs> on the show, and he said he's never been to either one of them. Like, it's almost like these what are you guys doing? care about football. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta, hey, man, you gotta let loose every I'm once a loner, in a while. man. I'm a loner, man. I just, I just go, to, I go to practice, I go to class, I go to my room. So yeah, that's I good really for have your a, career. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've only been I've only been to Turf and uh, Bentley's once. Um, Never even went to so, Cornerstone. Uh, I always thought Cornerstone had the best food. We would go there to eat. <laughs> no, I've never been to quarter, uh, Cornerstone. Well, don't worry about it now. <laughs> you got you got yeah. bigger fish to fry, my friend. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Ty, thank you so much for the time, man, and, and good luck over the next month. And maybe we'll get to catch up down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thanks, Ty. Thanks. Take care. Have a good one. Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections, check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Chevy Buick GMC. Let's ride together. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Orsman Ford Lincoln. Let's ride together.